important. If you have your Bible, I want to ask you to turn to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. You know, throughout this semester, we've done a, a, a study on Peter, a life restored, and we saw from the very first moment that Peter was introduced by his brother to Jesus, we saw where Jesus had an incredible plan for him, signified by changing his name from Simon to Peter, how he would transform him into a rock. And so over the last several months, we've been able to watch this restoration process play out in Peter's life. Now as we turn to 2 Peter chapter 3, these are the final days of Peter's life. He is in a prison in Rome. He knows that his death is imminent. He doesn't know exactly when it's happening, but it's coming soon. And he's writing to a group of churches who were struggling with some false teachers who had come into the midst of these churches and began to spread these heresies. And he was concerned that the church might fall to some of that false doctrine. So he writes this letter to them about how to stand fast in the midst of these difficult times. But as we come to 2 Peter chapter 3, I want us to look at this one final verse, verse 18, these final recorded words we have of Peter. He says... But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Very simple thing really for Him to say. But at the same time, particularly coming from Him, incredibly profound. What was He saying there? The word grace means unmerited favor. And we think of grace when we think of salvation. Because you and I know that God loves us and God had a plan for us before we were ever born. However, we are sinners. We have rebelled against God and our sin causes a division between us and Him. But we know by God's grace, by nothing that we have done, because we, remember, are sinners, by nothing that we have done, God in His incredible love for us and grace toward us came to the earth through Jesus Christ lived a sinless life, died on the cross for our sins so that that division between us and him might be bridged. And so we know that salvation comes by God's grace and through our faith in his gift of Jesus Christ. But grace means more than just that. As it continues to speak of unmerited favor, we also come to learn that there is an empowering grace of God. Once we are believers in Christ and the Holy Spirit comes to live within us, now it is not about what we can do for God, it's about what God desires to do through us as he empowers us to live the life that he desires us to live. We also know from the Bible there is a sustaining grace, meaning that there are times when we're at the end of our rope, there are times when, listen, if everything was up to us, we certainly wouldn't make good decisions and sometimes we would really struggle even more than we do. But God sustains us by his grace. So when Peter says grow in the grace, he means not just grow in the fact that we're saved, but grow in all of the benefits of that salvation, the unmerited favor of God that empowers us and sustains us. And when he talks about knowledge, he's not speaking of intellectual or academic knowledge. He's speaking of an intimate knowledge, an experiential knowledge. So to put it in our language, essentially what Peter is saying at the end of his life to these churches who are really struggling, he says, you know what you need to do? You need to grow in your faith. And God be glorified as you do. 
Well, that's not something that you've never heard before. But here's what I want us to do tonight. As we look back at Peter's life and we wrap things up, what have we learned from Peter about growing in our faith? First of all, you grow by following Jesus daily. Can you imagine what it would have been like for Peter if when his brother invited him to come and meet Jesus, he chose not to go? Or can you imagine how Peter's life would have been forever different when out in the boat with Jesus and Jesus told him to cast the net on the other side, he said, no, I'm telling you, we fished all night, I'm just not going to do it regardless of what you say. Can you imagine how his life would have been different, how in the boat, in the midst of the storm, he wouldn't have stepped out of the boat and followed Jesus? Can you imagine how life would have been so incredibly different for him when after the ascension of Christ, Peter decided not to be a fisher of men and preach the gospel as Jesus had called him to do, but decided to just go back into the fishing business? But what we've seen over the course of Peter's life is that he was growing in the grace and in the knowledge of Jesus by following Jesus daily. Now listen to me when I say something that may be the most important thing I've said to you all semester long. You can go to church every single Sunday for your entire life and never grow in your faith. In fact, listen when I say this. You can read your Bible every single morning of your life and not grow in your faith. You will only grow in your faith, or as Peter says, you will only grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ when you actually obey him as he speaks to you in worship and through the study of his word. It's not about gaining knowledge and information. You will only grow when you begin to take that step and you follow him. Now, here are some things that are going to happen. You will learn through storms. We've seen that with Peter, right? My goodness, what incredible lessons he learned in his life when he stepped out of the boat onto the water in the midst of the storm. It's one thing to know that Jesus is powerful. He had already learned that, by the way, with the great catch of fish that he had after that night of fishing without being able to catch anything, but the difference this time being Jesus in the boat. But now he steps out of the boat into the water in the midst of the storm. So it's one thing to know that Jesus is powerful, but to know that he has power over the storm, that's a whole nother ball game, isn't it? And the truth is, when we choose to follow Jesus with our lives daily, we are going to go through storms. Don't ever let anybody tell you that the Christian life is an easy life. If they tell you that, they're just lying. Don't ever listen to another word they say. The Christian life sometimes can even be a more difficult life. But as you go through those storms, you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus when you choose to follow him. Listen, there's not a single person in the room who would say, yeah, you know what, I, I love storms in my life. I love them because I know that God teaches me so many great things. Listen, to raise your hand and to say something like that doesn't make you spiritual. It just makes you crazy. That's what that makes you. 
Nobody likes storms. However, at the end of the day, isn't it true that if you were to walk up on this stage and you were to share a testimony of how you've been able to see God at work in your life, much of your testimony would be stories of storms. You will learn through storms. You will also learn from your failures. That's what we've seen with Peter, isn't it? Peter's learned a lot of lessons over the way. I mean, the work of restoration has been a continual job for that guy, just as it is for you and me. But Peter would learn on that day when he was walking on the water. Remember, he began to sink when he took his eyes off Jesus. And Peter would learn, my goodness, when you're going through life and you face storms because he was going to face a bunch, got to keep your eyes locked on Jesus now or you'll sink. Or you remember when uh, Jesus called him Satan and told him to get behind him because Jesus was talking about how he was going to go to the cross and he, he would be crucified and he would be resurrected on the third day. And Peter just didn't think that's the way things ought to be. And he vocalized his point. And but boy, when he fell there, he learned that, you know, maybe I don't know everything I, I think I know. There, of course, was that time when he denied Jesus three times. And remember, that denial happened right after Jesus had told him in the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. Peter would learn on that particular day, wouldn't he, that, yeah, sometimes the spirit is willing, but the flesh really is weak. You see, when you and I follow Jesus daily, we're not always going to do everything right. We're not always going to bat a thousand. We're going to make some mistakes along the way. We're going to say things that we shouldn't say. We're going to do things we shouldn't do. That's all a part of it. Now, that doesn't mean we don't experience the consequences of them. Oh, my word, Peter felt some consequences. There was some consequence when he was gurgling some water when he sunk in that, in that, in that sea, wasn't he? And there were some consequences when everybody around him was looking at him after Jesus had just called him Satan. And there were some consequences when after he denied Jesus three times and Jesus looked at him and he remembered that look and couldn't shake it from his mind. There were some incredible consequences he experienced as a result of his actions. However, as he kept walking, he learned from his failures. You will also learn from other people. Peter had the opportunity to learn more about the grace and knowledge of Jesus, not just by the way that Jesus was working in his life, but he had the incredible privilege of being surrounded by 11 other men. And he was able to see how Jesus was interacting with them. And so he was able to grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus just by observation and the encouragement that he would receive from the other guys. You see, again, that's a mistake sometimes we make as Christians is we isolate ourselves. You realize the Bible speaks of no Lone Ranger Christians. You're not going to find it in there. You might can make the argument there for a while with John, but remember he was exiled to the Isle of Patmos. So that was kind of prison. Other than that, you don't see Lone Ranger Christians in the Bible. You see where God calls us as a body of believers and desires us to surround ourselves with other followers of his. And through that, we grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus as we see him at work in the lives of other people. 
But also, we saw the passage last week in Galatians 2, and there was Paul, who was willing to tell Peter exactly what he needed to hear. You see, all this wouldn't have happened if Peter wouldn't have been following Jesus daily, if he would have just been listening to him as a teacher and absorbing information about the kingdom of God. But as Peter followed Jesus, all of these things began to unfold. Also, as you follow Jesus daily, you will understand more as you go. Isn't that what we also saw in Peter's life? Think about it now. Jesus says to Peter, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Do you think for a minute they knew what that meant? Of course they didn't. And you do realize, we've talked about this before, that when Peter and the other disciples followed Jesus, they actually thought, believing that he was the Messiah, that he was going to liberate them from the tyranny of Rome and give their people their land back. That's why he kept stumbling over himself and talking about how there was no way he was going to allow Jesus to be crucified because he was their hope. He was the one who was going to liberate them. He didn't understand why Jesus had come, but the more he walked, the more he began to understand, right? See, it's true for you and me too. The more we walk with Jesus, the more things begin to become clear. So here's a principle that you need to hold on to, and that's this. When you don't know what to do tomorrow, do what you know to do today. And what you know to do today from the scripture is to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. So for those of you who are university students and you're going home in the next few days, and the big question, it's time to decide on a major. It's time to decide what your future is going to be. Where are you going to be 10 years from now? You may not know that answer, and that's okay. But when you don't know that answer, what you do is you do what you know to do today. When we have job decisions that we have to make, and we're wondering how in the world we're going to take care of that, when we have problems that we have to deal with, and we wonder how in the world we're going to deal with that, when we're trying to decide who we're supposed to marry or where we're supposed to live, all of these things, what do you do? Do what you know to do today. Grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. And as you grow in your faith, all of that will begin to be more clear. Again, another example in Peter's life. How about the time right as Jesus was ascending up into heaven, he says, listen, guys, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. That's all going to happen. But for now, just wait on the Holy Spirit to come upon you, and then you'll know it's time. Do you think they really understood that? What would that look like? What would that feel like? How would you know that you know that you know when all this has happened? Walk daily, and it becomes more clear as you go. And then finally, this is my favorite point. God will be glorified as others see his work of restoration in your life. God will be glorified as others see his work of restoration in your life. Isn't that exactly what we've seen with Peter? 
You and I, week after week, have come and we have worshipped God who has done such an incredible work in Peter's life. How the potter took this lump of clay and molded him in to an absolutely exquisite rock. We have watched through the storms. We have watched through the failures. We have watched through learning other through other people. We have watched as he has understood more as he's walked along the way. We have watched the restoration process unfold and every single step of the way, you and I have had the opportunity to learn more about the wonder of God. And listen, that's always what he's wanted to do. That's how the Christian life works. Isn't it odd that that is incredibly simple? I mean, then it seemed to supposed to be harder than that. That you're supposed to do stuff, or you're supposed to say stuff, or you're supposed to reach some high spiritual plane. No. The Christian life boils down to Jesus' call to follow me. And as you follow him, he restores you. And the more restored you become, the more it glorifies him. Think with me. Abraham was called to be a father of nations. But there was a lot of character development that needed to happen in his life before he got there. Remember, it was 25 years before that first child was ever born. But as Abraham follows God, he does exactly what God tells him to do. There are some mistakes along the way that he learns from. There are other people that he learns from. He understands more as he goes. Remember, all that started out by saying, leave your land and go to a place that I will show you. That's a lot of information on the front end, isn't it? But the more he walked, the more he began to understand. And as he walked, God began to shape his life, began to restore him. And not only did he become a father of nations, but his life pointed to the one who is the father over all the nations. Think about Moses. When God called Moses to go to Egypt and to demand that the Israelites be set free and to shepherd the people through the wilderness to the promised land, Moses made a lot of mistakes and he learned along the way. And Moses, well, things began to be more clear as he walked. And Moses learned from other folks and all that. But as Moses continued to walk, he became more and more of a shepherd who ultimately pointed to the one who is the great shepherd who leads his people to the true promised land. Or think about David, the runt of the litter. When Samuel went to the house of Jesse to choose a new king, Jesse brought in all of his boys with the exception of David. David was the shepherd boy who was out in the pasture. But then finally he was brought in. He was anointed as the new king of Israel. He was to be a shepherd king. Well, David would follow God. He didn't understand everything. How in the world would he be a king when he was just a shepherd boy? And then when he was playing a harp for the king and fighting the king's battles and the king hated him. But the more he followed Jesus, the more things became clear. The more he followed God, the more things became clear. And God began to do an incredible work in his life, and his life points to the one who is the great shepherd king. Or remember our first semester and Hosea. When God calls Hosea to marry a prostitute who is going to absolutely rip his heart apart in her unfaithfulness, what did Hosea do? 
He walked just as God told him to walk. He did exactly what God told him to do. And God began to form in Hosea's heart the heart of a relentless lover whose life points us to God who is the relentless lover of us even though we fail him. And as Peter stepped out and he followed Jesus daily, Jesus shaped him into a rock whose life points us to the rock that is greater than us. That's the Christian life. So listen. As we wrap up this series, we listen to those words of Peter. As he's about to live his last day, and he writes to these group of churches that are struggling. Nobody could sit down and give more advice than Peter. Everybody would listen to what he had to say. He'd been there, he'd done that. Peter wraps it up, says, let me sum it up this way. You need to grow. You need to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And as you grow, his name will be glorified and he is worth that. So as we wrap up, where are you tonight? Have you ever taken that first step of following Jesus? I hope that you've been able to see throughout the study that God has such incredible plans for you And his plans for you are so much greater than making money or owning a business or having a family and living in a nice house. His plan for you is so much more than that. God's plan for you is for your good and for his glory. His plan is for you to live with meaning and purpose and to know him. Think about that. The one who brought that beautiful sun up this morning and the one who's made this beautiful sky today, he wants you to know him and to walk in relationship with him. But you're not going to until you take that step. And once you take that step, then you begin a lifetime journey of growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. So tonight, are you willing to take that step? Are you willing to forsake everything and trust in him? Remember, the cost is high. Jesus said, if any man desires to come after me, he must deny himself. That's not an easy thing to do. He must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Can't have your feet in both camps. But maybe you're here tonight and you've already done that. You've already taken those first initial steps. Here's a question for you. Have you stopped walking? Is there an area in your life where you're not growing in the grace and faith of Jesus anymore because you've just stopped? 
You've decided, no, I know how to handle my money more than God does. No, I know how to handle my life more than God does. No, I know how to handle my relationships more than God does. No, I mean, I know he wants me to live my life this way, but I'm in college. I want to live my life this way. No, I, I, I know what I'm supposed to handle my, my children and all. And this is how I'm going to do it right now. This is where I am in life. This is where, this is where things are for me. Have you stopped walking? When you stop walking, you stop growing. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the further you walk, the more you'll learn. The further you walk, the more things you'll begin to understand. And the more you walk, Others will look at what God is doing in your life as they watch the restoration project of you and they will be drawn to the glory of the one who restores. So the invitation for you tonight is just like Peter did, to live a restored life. you pray with me? Lord, we bow before you here this evening and we praise you for allowing us to go through this series together to watch the restoration process of Peter from beginning to end. I thank you for all these who have been here just about each and every week and who, who have diligently walked through the scripture with us. And Lord, it's very clear what you've done in his life and to think you desire to do a work like that in us is absolutely amazing. But you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. So you are the God of Abraham. You are the God of Moses. You are the God of David. You are the God of Hosea. You are the God of Peter. And you are the God who invites us to follow you tonight. Lord, I pray that tonight you will grant us the faith to take those steps. Or maybe for some of us here tonight who have already taken some initial steps but along the way have stopped, help us to get back to walking. And may the restoration continue. In your name we pray.